Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You, and we have a wonderful program today. Our guest is uh, Rabbi Yehuda Joshua Glick, all the way from Jerusalem. And I met uh, Rabbi Glick uh, this weekend, uh, shared fellowship with he and his wife, Hadass. Rabbi Glick served as the executive director of the Temple Institute, overseeing negotiations for the t- Third Temple, 2016 to 2019. Rabbi Glick served in the Knesset, representing the Likud party. During his term, he became the senior most official dealing with foreign relations, meeting with and giving lectures to hundreds of foreign dignitaries and visitors from other nations. On October 29, 2014, an Islamic jihadist who had already served 11 years in prison asked if he was uh, Rabbi Glick and then shot Rabbi Glick in the chest four times and sped away in a motorcycle. Rabbi Glick miraculously recovered and was released from the hospital five days short of a month later. And we're delighted uh, and honored to have as our special guest today, all the way from Jerusalem, Rabbi Yehuda Glick. Rabbi, welcome to Israel and You. Shalom, Aaron, and so <laughs> wonderful to be with you on Israel and You on the American Family Radio Network. It's just a privilege here in uh, the United States of America talking to wonderful people, wonderful believers in God, wonderful hearts of humankind. You are such a passionate man, and when we met this weekend, my wife and I met you in uh, Hadass, and you know we walked away from our conversation and our fellowship just saying, uh, what a wonderful, happily married couple you are. Just You just love each other. And I, I said, man, I've got to up my, my game here this, you know, as a husband because this man just is so dedicated and loving to his wife like, like I've never seen. And you served on the Knesset. And uh, as you served there in the Knesset and, and you know, during your, your life there in Jerusalem, you've dedicated yourself as an activist wanting to give Jews the rights to pray on the Temple Mount. And for that, there was an assassination attempt on your life. And can you tell us just a little about what happened on that fateful day, October 29, 2014? Yeah, I'll be happy to tell you. I just think that we shouldn't really concentrate on exactly what happened on that day, but the purposes we're serving. But uh, sure. I was—I've been actually uh, advocating for the freedom of, of re- Jewish religion, not only Jewish religion, freedom of religion of all kind of all humans on the Temple Mount, the Temple Mount, which is the place that God chose to rest His divine presence. And uh, though the Temple was destructed uh, 2,000 years ago, the place, the the tenets of the the uh, foundations are still there. God, His people his word, and his demand of mankind for commitment is there. And if we are building, uh, working on rebuilding, that means we have to remove from that place those who are talking out publicly uh, pro-incitement terror and harassment. But not only they're talking publicly, they're acting that way. And as you said, on October 29, 2014, I was in an event in honor of Prayer, freedom of prayer on Temple Mount, 
And at the end of the event, uh, the gentleman got over to me on a motorcycle, came over to me and said, yeah, I'm sorry, but you are an enemy of the Al-Aqsa. And he shot me point blank, one foot away, 40, four bullets into the center of my body. I was critically injured. I was taken to the hospital and my parent, my family were all called, told to come actually to say goodbye. But God, thanks to many, many, many millions of people around the world who were praying on my behalf, saved my life. And uh, I've been continuing ever since then to work on rebuilding. And rebuilding means taking the present reality, connecting to the past, to the uh, foundations, eternal foundations that are there, and trying to build based on the uh, the, the the values that are that that we that the temple is still stood on, and one of them is freedom of, of prayer for all. Wow, it says in Zechariah twelve two, uh, the the Jerusalem will be a cup of staggering for surrounding peoples. In verse three of Zechariah twelve, it says in that day, and I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the peoples of the earth are gathered against it. And I really think in our day, Rabbi, we're seeing that, just a, uh, a desire yeah, within the nations. On in, that, to, in that, in that, in that uh, chapter, it goes on, God says, I will protect these, the inhabitants of, of yes. Jerusalem. And he says that he will uh, pour on the house of David, on the citizens of Jerusalem, his spirit spirit of favor and spirit spirit of, of mercy and he will uh, raise them up and therefore i think that uh, yes it's out when god says he will do it it actually usually means he wants us to make sure it's done yeah so what's what's happening is there is that uh, cup of blessing being poured out on the jewish people today in in jerusalem throughout all of israel and at the same time there's this uh, desire within the nations to divide Jerusalem. And just last week, you know, Ben and Jerry's came out and, and uh, they're talking about boycotting uh, Israel, uh, Jerusalem. There's this uh, hatred within the Islamic community trying to divide the city of Jerusalem. So what do you think is going on right now, Rabbi, with the, with the rise of global anti-Semitism? What are, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I, I really apologize that in spite of your trying to take us to deal with these the negative things, I like dealing with the positive <laughs> things. I like looking at the optimistic sides of what's going on. And I think that uh, Israel is flourishing way beyond it ever has. And if, if some guy, some Ben and Jerry guy or some uh, Islamists are trying to promote uh, anti-Semitism, our covenant with, the, with, with God is there because the covenant between Israel and God is not just for the sake of Israel. God says we want you to be a source of blessing to the families of the earth. God says I want you to be a, a light upon the nations. God says to us that, that, that we are here. Our, our destiny is not for us. It's for the it's for the world, and therefore the, I always say the Zionist movement was not a national movement of bringing Israel, the people of Israel, back home. It was a universal, global movement of bringing the people of Israel to once again announce uh, the kingdom of the dynasty of, of 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 the one and only God in the world, and and that is really what we're there. We are here back in Israel, and and right now, if Israel just started uh, 73 years ago with. With, with just a little over half a million Jews there today, there are, are, are there are almost 10, 10 million inhabitants in Israel, which 7 million of them are Jewish. And I think that uh, that, that Israel is flourishing and succeeding. And we, we, tr we, we shouldn't waste our time dealing with those who are just calling back and, 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 and the history is going to lead us ahead. We have to, of course, uh, talk up, talk this truth 
and uh, talk justice and talk God, and uh, all the others will just melt away. Yeah, the, I love the phrase, Am Israel Chai, which means the people of Israel live. And, and to the audience, you can just hear within Rabbi Glick's voice, just, you know, when you talk to Israeli citizens, you know, we in the West, we hear about all these negative things that are happening. And oftentimes we probably concentrate on those. But when you talk to, uh, you know, strong believing uh, Jewish people like Rabbi Glick, you know, their faith is so strong that, you know, God is in control. And, you know, the Bible says, Rabbi, that, that Israel will blossom like a rose. And, and can you tell us, you know, how Israel is flourishing, you know, economically, how it's flourishing, uh, you know, with vegetation, agriculturally? Tell us what's going on. Well, I really want to say that, uh, that uh, it's not only the Am Yisrael Chai, the, uh, the uh, Torah, the, the Bible teaches us in the beginning of Joshua, it says, uh, El Chai Bekir Bechem, you're in, in, amongst you is a living God, and that is our, 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 our uh, etern- eternal life. When you say Am Yisrael Chai, yes, the, um, the, people of the, state of, the people of Israel are, are living, it's not only because of us, it's because God is living amongst us, and uh, and that's what that's what that's what the people of Israel declare worldwide. Our our declaration worldwide is that that there's a living God, and His covenant with Israel is eternal, and His covenant is Israel for the sake of humanity. And uh, when when we look at that, we we Israel is really prospering, as you said, in every field, in 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 high tech, in medicine, in uh, in agriculture. Israel is serving as a as a successful light upon the nations and we're doing it to serve the nations and that is that is our goal and and we see success in israel in every single field and uh, it's just a blessing that such a small country is bringing blessing to the world yeah so your activism in israel for many years has been focused on giving jewish people the right to pray on the temple mount and we've heard recently there's a major shift in tolerance uh, for Jewish prayer in the Temple Mount. Tell us what, what's going on with that. Yes, this is really wonderful news, and I really thank you for raising this, this topic, Aaron, uh, because uh, I think that um, what we see is, is unbelievable. It's happening almost like when, when we look back at the Zionist movement when Theodor Herzl in 1897 announces the first Zionist Congress, there were barely any Jews who supported this concept. It was so far-fetched. And suddenly, 50 years later, the state of Israel is declared, and it became a reality. And so, too, when I began Temple Mount 30 years ago, we were 100 Jews who ascended annually. There were barely any tourists who would go up to the Temple Mount. It was totally neglected in the hands of radical Islam. And what we've seen in the past year, thanks to many of the much of the activism that, that I had the privilege of, of being part of, is really that the Temple Mount is starting to become what it should be, a house of prayer for all nations. Hmm. And we see that uh, this week, as you said, last uh, uh, two weeks ago on Sunday, the, the day of the Tisha B'Av, the day we, we, we commemorate the destruction of the Temple, we had, a, for the first time in many years, Jews group of Jews went up to and sang the, the Israeli anthem, uh, HaTikva, on Temple Mount. But we've seen in the last two or three years, Actually, after we managed to convince the government to outlaw the radical Islam from Temple Mount, we've seen the major uh, revolutionary changes that are happening on Temple Mount, and more and more Jews. We have 50,000 Jews ascended on 219. We had 800,000 tourists who ascended on Temple Mount, and prayer is becoming a regular issue on Temple Mount. 
and uh, I think that that is a def- definitely a great, a great jump, a great uh, pro- uh, with we, we, the, the, the process of redemption is ad- advancing. But we need more. We need more people to come. You need more people to connect, and that's exactly why I have the Shalom Jerusalem Foundation, exactly for that concept of rebuild. We are here to rebuild. Rebuild means looking at where the temple stood, understanding the foundations are still here, the faith, the love, God, and rebuilding our connection with God and causing, calling upon all believers in God to come to the Temple Mount and to pray there. You know, Rabbi, there are many thousands of people in this audience uh, listening to this program that... uh, fulfill what the Bible says, and they pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And every day I, I talk to Christian people that'll say, you know, one thing we, we keep as a center of our prayer is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So tell our audience how uh, you perceive that w- we should include prayer for the peace of Jerusalem uh, in our everyday devotions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's because really... I think this is a very important issue because it's not just like another city. When the, the Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we say it doesn't mean pray for peace in Jerusalem. It says pray for a Jerusalem peace in the world. And this is a concept that every single human being can connect to. And as I said, I call upon people who partner with us in the Shalom Jerusalem Foundation for the concept of rebuilding, for the concept of bringing about the freedom of prayer in the source of prayer, where Solomon built the temple and said, guys, this is the place where all our prayers meet the, the divine presence of God. And therefore, we should all direct our prayers towards Jerusalem. Those who can come visit, come to Jerusalem. Recharge your spiritual batteries. Understand that your private prayer, wherever you are, whether you're in Wisconsin or California or Brooklyn, New York, your prayers are to the one and only God. That is so true. And we're going to come back uh, after a short break, Rabbi, and we're going to talk about uh, what you and uh, your wonderful wife, Hadass, are doing right now, ministering to the widows and the orphans in uh, the state of Israel, and how that came about, how your burden for uh, widows uh, came about, and your own story, Hadass's own story, and uh, but... Uh, before we go to the break, give us your website so that people can can follow you. ShalomJerusalem.com. Shalom is that what it is? ShalomJerusalem.org. ShalomJerusalem.org. Okay. ShalomJerusalem.org. ShalomJerusalem.org. And you can read there the story of uh, what Rabbi Glick is doing in Israel. We'll see you after the break. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, and I'm honored to serve as president of Israel Team Advocates International. Israel Team is a unique nonprofit organization that is changing the growing narrative within the Christian world that the Jewish people are illegally occupying the land of Israel. The truth is that God, the God of the Bible, identifies himself as the God of Israel, and Jerusalem is his footstool. God has given this land to the Jewish people as an eternal possession. Within the evangelical communities, millennial generation, and Generation Z, there is an alarming decline of support for Israel. 
Israel. Presently, about 70% of young evangelicals are unsure of Israel's right of their very existence. If this trend continues, we are going to see a majority anti-Israel evangelical movement within 10 years. Imagine future Christian leaders in America calling for the removal of Jews from the Holy Land. Israel team cares deeply about the future of American Christianity and is investing in the young Christian leaders of tomorrow. We work on Christian college campuses and church youth and college groups to make a difference for Israel and the church as well. We mentor pastors and church leaders and counteract the growing trend of replacement theology being proclaimed from churches across America. I'm asking you today to help us in this noble cause. We can change the current trend of anti-Israelism, one church and one college campus at a time. You can go to our website at israelteam.org to donate today and stand with us today. We ask you that you consider giving to Israel Team on a monthly basis. In the present exponential rise of anti-Semitism in America, our efforts must double to push back against this darkness. For your gift this month to Israel Team, we want to send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of anti-Semitism and what can be done to stop it. Go to israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And we're here today with Rabbi Yehuda Glick and his wonderful wife has joined us now for the second segment, Hadass. And welcome, uh, Rabbi and Hadass Glick. Back to Israel Hi. and you. Hello. Hello. Uh, this couple is so deeply in love, folks. It just, it's amazing. <laughs> it's my wife, we left our conversation on Sunday. Uh, we were uh, in church and the, the Glick spoke at our church. And uh, my wife said, you need to start being so... Uh, wonderful to me is Rabbi Glick is to his wife. He's so complimentary. They say every day Everyone we just... Should. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's wonderful. So God's so intentional in his word to say so many times throughout the scriptures to watch out and care for the widows and the orphans. And uh, Rabbi Glick and Hadass, I understand you and uh, have formed a new organization, a program. You, you even call it a revolution uh, that partners with the Israeli government to take care of thousands of broken families uh, left behind uh, through the death of a spouse, through widows and orphans. And Hadass is the CEO of this new ministry, uh, Amit Sim. And I didn't tell you this on Sunday, but I want to let you know that, you know, everything you said about your burden for uh, the widows and the orphans. I was orphaned when I was three years old. My father, my Jewish dad was killed by a drunk driver when I was three years old. And so my mother, uh, just as you said, she just completely, you know, went down. She was weakened because she lost her husband. And my growing up years were very difficult. My mother didn't have, you know, a formal education. She worked in a car wash cooking hot dogs. And uh, we had to sell our house that my father had built for us. He was a contractor. And so what you guys do is you take care of the, the widows and you minister to them. So maybe Hadass, tell us your story of how God burdened you with this, this ministry. 
Yeah, I'm going to tell my story in just one second. I just want to be with you a, a second because my heart goes out to this little kid, a three-year-old kid that everyone thought that he's too little and doesn't understand and he will be just fine and everything is going to be okay for him because he didn't know his father and he will not miss him. But I have no doubt in my mind that you miss that father figure every single day of your life. Even At least until today. you were father yourself. Right. And right. the only way that I could heal my pain, Hadass, was I dreamed one day I'm going to become a father and I am going to give my children all the love and support that I possibly can. So that's all I ever wanted to be was a father. And that somehow was the way that I brought healing to my own wound, you know, of losing a parent. But I don't think a, a, a child never recovers. And you probably thought about it every day, every day. So this is exactly what we do. We do. We, we first we come out to the world and we tell them this is a long term healing we're talking about. This is something that we need to take care of from the root. We need a revolution plan. We ha need a revolution model. And we were so thankful when Hashem, the God Almighty, um, put us on this mission and gave us this mission to to make a change in the world. We started in Israel. I myself was 21, 29 years old when my husband passed away suddenly. Hmm. We were a loving uh, um, couple with four little kids. The, older, the oldest one was seven and the youngest one was seven months old. And the, the, as time went by, I realized that something big is missing, a change is missing. And we should not look and treat the, uh, um, the orphans as on their own and the widows on their own, but rather we should uh, uh, treat them and heal them and, and strengthen them and empower them as a family, that the reality of that family is gone and a new uh, um, reality is coming up and they need tools for that. So what we're doing is we opened up Amitim. Amitim is uh, um, the organization for the young widows and uh, orphans. And we do just that, exactly that. We take care of the, the family as a family. We empower the family and we make sure that those kids will come and get their utmost potential from their, uh, um, from their aching moment and all the way until they grow up, the entire time we take care of them. It's amazing. Yeah, Aaron, I, just, I wanted to really say that yes. we spoke before about Shalom Jerusalem, that it's there, there's a forge a path in which people who love God, regardless of their religion persuasion, can freely and respectfully worship in at peace in the Temple Mount. And what we say, we, we actually symbolically rebuild the Temple and strengthen the communities who worship Hashem. And the Bible tells us that when you're celebrating with me at the Temple on your holidays, or when you're bringing your tithes, you have to include the widow and the orphan. And exactly like Shalom Jerusalem, the Hadassah's organization, Amitim, is focused on rebuilding. Its mission is really going hand in hand with what Shalom Jerusalem is doing. Just like Shalom Jerusalem seeks to rebuild God's holy temple by providing equal access to it, Amitim is about rebuilding the families who have been broken up by the loss of a parent. And Amitim seeks to build up these widowed parents, not just to look at the, at the, at the orphan, but to make these widowed parents whole again after the loss of the spouse, so that the, the, as leaders of their families, these surviving parents, 
can provide a strong, a loving, and enduring foundation for their children. And what Amitim does, they provide a safe space, a community, where widows and orphans come together, share experiences, and feel supported amongst their peers who share a common loss. And we must say that times have changed. A house that has been broken must be built based on the present reality. Yesterday's home is not there; is no longer there, but the home's foundation still exists, exactly what we said about the temple. The temple was destroyed, its foundation, the Torah and the Jewish people are still there, and we rebuild the temple atop this foundation. Exact same thing, this concept applies to the family unit. With the death of a, the death of a spouse, the family foundation is shaken, but it's still there. And the foundation, the family is what needs to be strengthened. The family unit must be rebuilt in a new way so that it shall thrive in, in, in its new reality. Now, what we are doing here now in America, we're here on this campaign mission, calling people to partner with us because this revolutionary program, which is one of a kind in the world, is being built now in, in the United in Israel, not for the sake of Israel only. We want to take it, develop it. We have began, we've opened three centers like this. We want to reach 10 of them in Israel and then copy this model worldwide. And this is all under the leadership of Hadass, who's really studied this issue and really, I, I believe she's the world's professional understander of the concept of widows and orphans. Thank you, honey. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it, 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 and what, what I love is you guys are drawing this from Genesis 12, 3, which says that Abraham's descendants, the Jewish people, will be a blessing to all the, the families, families of the earth. Of exactly, the earth. Yes. exactly. We're supposed to be, it, the families of Israel are supposed to be a prototype, and, and, and the world is supposed to learn and be blessed in their families. And, 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 and God, Hashem, Hashem, the God Almighty, that's what He wants. He wants families. We want to strengthen the, the parent rather than the child. We want to give the, all the blessings through the parents. Parents should be the source of blessings to their children. And as a society, we are obligated for it. And I'm sure a lot of women out there that are listening to us know what we're talking about, understand what we're saying. Women that were all of a sudden uh, um, left with little kids to, to take care of. You know what? Women that are happily married with children can only imagine that. Only imagine that and already can be in, in the stress that we're at and understand the need for this revolutionary plan to come through and to be part yeah. and, and to, to join so we can have a, a new concept of let's strengthen families. Let's get the parents all the power and all this, that they could be the source. Let's give them to, somewhere to lean on and they should lean on a community. They should lean on us. They should, you know, everyone should lean as, as, as a, uh, you know, as a circle everyone leans on each other. It's so much easier, so much cheaper for a community uh, to work this way rather than everyone on their own. Rabbi Glick and Hadass, it was so wonderful to have you today on Israel and You and to hear your heart and to hear what God is doing in uh, the state of Israel. And I think so often here in America, we hear about all the bad news, as you mentioned, Rabbi, what's happening in Israel, the, the terror attacks and so on, and, and we fear for you. But, you know, when you talk to the Jewish people, they're like, hey, we're doing fine. God is good. He's still on the throne. And I think 
we really need to follow that example of, of trusting in God even through the dark times. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your heart for the widows and the orphans in Israel. And you can go to shalomjerusalem.org. That's shalomjerusalem.org. And you can follow uh, Rabbi Yehuda and uh, Hadas Glick's ministry uh, there at shalomjerusalem.org. I encourage you to support what they're doing in the country of Israel. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.